beautiful people out there welcome to the do you believe or dyb podcast with your hosts max and lee say hi lee hey i'm back from uh all my birthday fun that i had i'm 21 yeah that's what it is it was <laughs> hey, fun. you can drink now <laughs> Woo. dude my birthday's coming up soon too boy but right. uh i digress i won't i won't disclose that information but <laughs> but <laughs> Happy birthday, Lee, and uh, also, not to be too morbid, but Remembrance of DMX, homie uh, passed away. I just found That's out really... today, and it ruined my day. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, I, I could, no offense, but I could care less about the prince or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, screw but that But it is very sad that DMX passed, and he was, he was only 50, dude. It's, I know. I mean, the dude hit billboards, top billboard charts, like, forever, and well, I think he ended up going bankrupt at some point. He got in a lot of he had a rough life man and i think he od'd on something had a heart attack i think he went into a coma was on life support and passed away within a couple weeks or so so rest in peace dmx um he was a true one he's a real one i remember Uh, everybody sharing like this was like the first cd that i had to hide from my parents um and i remember i wasn't supposed to listen to this but i had a friend on the bus with a cd player with a headphone splitter so i could listen to it (laughs) Oh yeah, that's so. Funny. <laughs> Don't tell my mom. Uh, Mrs. Lee, I'm telling. Uh, um, well, anyways, so today uh, I think you know usually our Friday episodes are like well I guess they get published on Saturday but we're recording on Friday. Usually they're long form, you know, go like an hour plus. But I think today, just uh, in lieu of time, Lee and I have been pretty busy with work. We haven't had too much time to research. But that being said. You know what we're gonna say is pretty. It's 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 pretty accurate. Everything that we're about to say is, for the most part, accurate. Some of the details might be a little off, but uh, that just should provoke you to go read it uh, on your own. And uh, ironic that we're talking about reading because today's topic is book burning. So, book burning. Let's 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 figure out at first like what it is, and I think we could maybe talk about like times we've seen it in history and um implications of what what results were and then of those book burnings and then tie it into today what's going on with uh what i would call book burning of modern day digital media um so yeah let's let's kind of get into it so book burning what what is your understanding of it lee well um i've always taken it as like um the people that come to power or want power don't want anything that would oppose their ideas or thoughts. And it's not, it, to me, I assume it always came under the premise of this stuff is dangerous and we have to get rid of it. And that's how they can kind of get the public support around it. And then they did that and that's it. Um, eliminate any opposition in the form of books because, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they certainly thought, at least back in the day, that like writings that could be sent out to the public is dangerous for them, but they had to convince you it's dangerous for you too. But yeah, I remember it. It happened. It's been happening for a long time. Like it goes way back. 
Um, yeah, so it goes nothing new with that. And I think, yeah, you're pretty spot on with that um, definition. I would add to that that, um, you know, it, it, like you said, usually a leader comes into power. They have a certain agenda or narrative that they want to push, whether it be for advancing the society, you know, quote, advancing the society or just to, you know, prop up one group of people so as to just get rid of any opposition, uh, oppositional writings that would go against their thoughts or their uh, criteria of what a person should think, essentially. And, it's, and keep in mind, it's, it is a physical book burning or, or has been historically a historical book burning where they literally find they, you know, they have sort of a blacklist of books. Uh, they find them on every single shelf. I'm not even joking about this. Find them in every library, find them in every bookstore. You can look up pictures, they throw them in piles and then they just burn them, lay them on fire. So yeah. if you've seen, uh, uh, I'll interject real quick. If you've seen Indiana Jones and the last crusade, there's a part where he's sneaking around with, uh, in like a Nazi rally where they're getting their books signed by like Hitler and throwing them into the fire. And it's just a giant pile of books. <laughs> so that's what I always think of. Yeah. If you look up book burning images, that's usually like the first one that comes up. It's a bunch of Nazis, you know, throwing the salute up with um, just books on fire. And so it is a physical thing as well as a very symbolic thing in the symbolic part of it. Um, I mean, they're, they're tied together with, you know, with the physicality of it. The, the symbolism is, hey, these ideas are bad. Um, they should be deleted from history, never to be seen again. And the physical part of it is actually burning them out of existence. Uh, so, again, usually there's a physical medium being burned. And they do a pretty damn good job of finding every single book out there on that blacklist and just straight up annihilating that knowledge. So, and at least if you uh, understand. Yeah, I'll add at least for at least in the Nazis' sake, they were able to to make it easier on themselves. At least get the general public on their side too, to be like, "Oh, I found this library that has this book. Oh, I'm telling on this library. I'm taking this book, and we're gonna burn it." Like they got the citizenry on their side too, makes it easier. Oh wow, I, yeah, that's a good point because a lot of them it was just directive from the leader, and I'm not. I wasn't. Yeah, that's a good point because I'm not so sure like which. Uh, book burning regimes had the general population backing them, but yeah, that would make sense that the Nazi Germany's had everybody backing them because they seem to have kind of hypnotized the population and turned their neighbors on each other. So, um, let's, uh, so now that we got the definition down, you know, I just want to, you know, also a little shout out, kind of ironic. There's a book called Fahrenheit 451. I'm sure most people have read it in high school and that whole book was basically predicated on the idea of book burning where you know there's these firefighters is what they're called and really the firefighters are the ones that cause the fire because they find you know they'd break into people's houses who had this these books that were blacklisted they'd arrest the people and then they'd burn i think i mean if i remember correctly it's been a while but i think they even burned they just straight up burned yeah, out I their whole house <laughs> And, and then as you read the book, if you've ever read it or if you decide to read it, as, as the story goes on, you find that there are like these illegal group of peoples that, that kind of like hide away in like uh, warehouses and whatnot. And their, their sole purpose is to fight the power and just, just collect as many of these books as they can. And it's, it's, it's sort of funny, but it's also kind of terrifying and it could come to fruition if people aren't careful where 
there's 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 free thinkers that fight against this whole idea of deleting knowledge and so they find every physical copy they can put them somewhere hide it away and in the book all these firefighters are directed by the government to basically locate those spots and just burn them down with flamethrowers and um you know there's a movie as well if you want to watch the movie instead i'm not sure how close it is to the book but the book is basically predicated on the concept of burning knowledge and how bad that is to burn knowledge and how people should try to fight against it and collect all these books you know in case uh you know in case that ever happens and i would even urge people you know krs1 he's got a song called free and in parentheses it's called the book song super cheesy but uh super cheesy song but he's like you know saying like oh i love books it's free knowledge like uh i can't live without books and then he lists all these different books to explain black history and i actually bought one of the books he mentioned uh so all i'm saying is you know man knowledge is power i really believe the best way to get knowledge is to read a book because it tells you something but you have to still interpret it and read no pun intended read between the lines to apply it to your own life and kind of come up with your own concept of what they're saying. Whereas nowadays, you know, everything is put onto a screen and it's told to you. So there is no room for interpretation. You're not reading a primary document. It's just, Hey, these are the facts. This is what you need to know. But meanwhile, you're missing out on, you know, some, probably 99% of what the book is actually saying. Um, I digress, but, uh, you know, books are definitely important and I think people need to read more so that they can think for themselves more. It's just, it's a dying art. Really, it is. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway. I, I like the way you said that. Like, it's just like the really good books out there are the ones that it's what's not written that's like the most important. Uh, I that, yeah, that, I, that's, I, that's what I think. That's, that's part of what makes a book a good book. Ones that just spell everything out for you are boring, honestly. So I, I yeah, think so it's, it's hard to pick out, but like. Sometimes you finish yeah. a book and you're like, that was really good, but I really don't know why. And it's probably because it left things open for you um, to imagine or interpret in your own way instead of telling you exactly what it means. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, just as kind of an aside here, I don't know if, if you know, if y'all listening out there can think back to your high school days or even middle school days in for instance like in ap lit class you know we always had these books to read throughout the year and it would basically be okay read five chapters by tomorrow and then you would discuss it kind of a free form amongst the whole class people would you know the teacher would have sort of guiding questions well what does this part mean what was the symbolism and what's interesting is you could go to any person and if they didn't read if they didn't read spark notes you know everybody might have a different answer and it's because you kind of again you have to fill in the blanks and apply it to your own experiences so everybody could read the same book but interpret it completely different that being said the ironic part is that school like school basically promotes reading books but then they have a like quote right answer as to what it means which is you know whether they're right or not it's up to interpretation but that's the beauty of books is you can read it and come come away with a completely different message than someone else who read the same book and I, i like that and i think that's well, I think we need more of that. I think we need people being free thinkers. And I just don't th- I think the solution to it is just read a damn book. Even if it's one a year, it's better than reading nothing. So I digress. Um, unless you got something more to add to that, Lee, I think we can probably move roll. on. All right, let's move on then to some historic examples that have been proven 
at this point, it's a fact and you can find it online, but who knows, that could be deleted and burned out of existence itself. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the first ones that come to my mind without doing any research, well, the first one that comes to my mind is Mao Zedong uh, during the Cultural Revolution, which really was not even that long ago. I, I want to say it was in the 1970s. Um, let me look this up. definitely recent yeah it was not very long ago because i think there's only it was like mao then there was another guy i can't remember his name but he was sort of the one who made them a little bit more of like a capitalistic society and then after him it was xi jinping i believe um so yeah so okay so the cultural revolution was in the 60s and 70s i think uh yeah 1966 to 1976 and during that time if you look into it very, very creepy stuff. Basically, Mao Zedong and a lot of my, you know, you, th there's actually a book out there. It's a trilogy called, I think I've mentioned it before, called Three Body Problem. And that's where I got a lot of this information about Mao's cultural revolution and how, how what spurred me into the research of the cultural revolution that, that I did in the past. Basically, during that time of the cultural revolution, Mao Zedong did not like science because it, he thought that it was too free thinking. It allowed people to think too much for themselves and have like a sort of intuitive thoughts that could lead to inventions. He didn't like that progress because he thought it was dangerous. It was equipping people with knowledge and power. And so what Mao Zedong did is, um, I mean, he quite literally persecuted all these scientists and, uh, and people in, you know, who taught at universities and, to my knowledge, he would murder them. He would make examples of them in public squares and torture them. And if you read Three Body Problem, it is a science fiction book, but a lot of what's said in it and what is guiding the story is based in historical events during this cultural revolution. So basically in the book, and I, I only bring this up because it is relevant to what was happening in the cultural revolution, all these scientists were being prosecuted, but then at the end of the day, the government needed some of them to work on operations so they would pick a few of them out and then they'd put them in isolated locations to do research for the government and basically say, either do this or we're going to kill you. And then they would make them do, you know, crazy labor in their off time, like just chopping down trees and doing random tasks uh, just to keep them, you know, active and like just in line, basically. Right. So so that was that's the first one that comes to my mind, at least, is what happened in, in Mao Zedong's rule. And I. Again, I don't have the research right in front of me, but I think the statistics, the statistic that I read was like as a result of him, his bur burning of books, he deleted, I think it was a century of knowledge. So 100 years of knowledge that that they say will literally will will never get back. We like we don't all those writers are dead Their Their ideas are, were kept with them at, at the grave now because they're all of their books were burned. I mean, he did a really good job of finding every single book and just burning it alive. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the implication is you can lose. I mean, think about how much knowledge was lost over a century of, of writers and scientists and people like this who had really good ideas, probably did research to, uh, that led to findings. And some of it, I mean, who knows? You know, hyper, hypothetically, what if one of them wrote about the cure of cancer and it was, you know, the solution? Um yeah, well, now we're missing out on that thanks to Mao. Um, and, and you know, a little bit, taking this a little extra step, from what I understand, 
Mao, during the same time that he was that he was burning books, he wrote his own book called The Little Red Book. And it was basically, okay, these are the rules that you as a population should follow. These are the right ideas, like, quote, right ideas. Just follow these. Here are some sayings to get you through life and like like little sayings to live by. Uh, This is all you need to know is in this little red book. Screw all the other ideas. It's not important. In fact, it's dangerous and misleading. Um, So to me, that's probably had a very large impact on China's history from there forward. And in fact, I know Xi Jinping, their uh, presiding leader at this moment, he's come out to say, I will not follow the example of Mao Zedong. Okay, well, first of all, in China, I know this because I've talked to one of my Chinese buddies who lives out there. He said, I've asked him about Mao. Is he a good leader, a bad leader? In, in well, I don't know about today, but in, you know, growing up in America, he was seen as, a, you know, an evil dictator. But my buddy was like, no, no, no. We grew up knowing that he was one of the best leaders and he was a really good guy. But then it's and it's ironic because they have a day to like celebrate Mao, I believe, I, I think. And uh, during that day uh, last year or this year, Xi Jinping came out to say, yes, like we we uh, really want to uh, celebrate Mao. And then they kind of caught like but then he kind of inserts this flack saying, but we also want to remember the bad things he did. We don't want to burn books anymore. And then he goes on to have a uh, a uh, Chinese firewall that gets rid of information that he doesn't want set out. So it's like, well, you know, he's saying that as a, as a form of flack. And from what I understand, he only addressed it for like a minute and then moved on to talk about how good Mao was. So he's, he's basically showing the, the people, oh, yeah, I will never go back to those evil ideas that Mao had, even though he was the best leader ever. There was like faults and I won't go go back to those. But then his actions prove otherwise. Anyways, I digress. That's sort of the first uh book burning concept that comes to my mind is Mao Zedong during the Cultural Revolution. Lee, what's what's your first thought when you hear book burning? What's your first yeah, example? So I always think Nazis. Um, and I can't even like, I don't know, I haven't researched enough to know exactly what kinds of books. I, I, I just know that it's going to be just in general stuff that would oppose Hitler's ideology. Um, anything that would make the populace think for themselves. But um, yeah, that that's the most recent one that I can. That's the other one that I remember um, that I read about in school and and watched in Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> and then I I think, and I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure Pol Pot in Cambodia did the same type of thing. Um, I think it, he was very similar to Mao in that he just wanted to he just wanted to eliminate anybody that was considered like an intellectual um, or rich or having some talent or skill that made them better than somebody else um, basically they killed all of them <laughs> so and, and that books with seems it to, they, you gotta yeah man and that, and that seems to to be the prevailing theme is like uh bur, bur, burn these books that are gonna empower people and and it seems to be centered around scientific thoughts ideas to that can create technology to improve the individual it's sort of a hive mind mentality of okay this is not good for the population and let me tell you why it's because and then they come up with all this bullshit but really it's stuff that would pretty much improve society and then they just get rid of all that knowledge for their own agenda because they want to look like they're the greatest like they have the best ideas and they know what's right for you but it's actually contradicting you know what's actually good for people so 
Yeah, I think that's kind of the we. I think we briefly touched on it in the, the the communism one that we talked about, but the same goes for like um, I guess fascism too. Is that you need the everybody to think the same if you want to succeed. So that's kind yeah, of why they and then do they it. paint they paint the other ideas as like it's detrimental to this small group over here or these people and this. And it's like, no, it's not. It, you're just making that up to virtue signal and gaslight me, you know, um, which we've done an episode on what gaslighting is. So check that out. Um, well, I, you know, a quick, you know, so I don't know if you had anything else to add off the top of your head. What what examples you have? But I had uh, briefly mentioned Library of Alexandria getting burned. And I, I we had talked prior to the episode. I'm not sure if that was a. Like I said, like people during wartime just being dicks or if like there was like a reason, like there was knowledge that they wanted to destroy when they did that. Um, that's the oldest example I can I can remember. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, you know, what's cur- and oh, man. Yeah. The, the Library of Alexandria, I think that had a ton of knowledge in there that we'll never know existed. Um you know, maybe we've come to the same conclusions that they wrote about today, you know, but who knows? Uh, but what's creepy, and I'm just finding this out because I just looked this up real quick. This is on cbc.ca news. Uh, if you look it up, um, I'm seeing a lot of examples from the United States, which is pretty weird. I didn't realize this, but I'm not surprised considering what's going on today, where it said in 1948 um brigham new york went house to house gathering and burning comic books that they feared would spread moral depravity amongst american youth hmm. uh there was another example in the united states 1956 uh psycho psychoanalyst wilhelm reich was convicted of contempt of court in connection with his research on orgasm and his orgone energy accumulators so i guess they burned all of his books <laughs> um <laughs> that's interesting and uh, the last example on here from the United States, oh no, there's two more, there's at least two more. Another one in the United States was in 1973, Drake, uh, in Drake, North Dakota, school board had burned, quote, object- objectionable books thrown into the school furnace. Uh, the books included 32 copies of Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut and 60 copies of Deliverance by James Dickey. Um, Let's see. Another example from the United States. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Kurt Vonnegut now is like taught in high school. I remember having to read some of his books or it was a choice of, you know, book selection. Then this one's saying in the United States, 2000, a public lecture in University of Carolina, Berkeley, uh, and his book on Mumia Abu Jamal was disrupted by Jamal supporters. I guess they protested his copies and burned them. The, the examples I'm seeing in the United States seem to be a little bit more small scale. It, yeah. was, it sounds like it was individual <laughs> institutions. I think Harry Potter, I guess, in 2001 was <laughs> burned. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you can still at least get them. Examples of Mao Zedong and, and, you know, Nazi Germany burning books, you cannot get those books anymore. I mean, they're, they're gone, you know, never to be seen again. So... And this is far worse than like a book banning. Like banning just means, hey, we're not going to print this. You know, we don't like it. And that's that. But like, yeah, destroying the books permanently. I think we don't comprehend that as much as we should this day and age because we're like, well, we we have the file somewhere. We can just print them off down the road. Right. Everything passes I was going to say. But like, no, this is that was it. Yeah, like, I was going to say just to put it in a frame of reference. 
they didn't have the the internet was not a thing in the 70s and 60s i mean there was no online documentation so those physical copies that's all that was there in regards to those writings so once they were burned they were gone it's you know and, and other than that you could maybe go to the author but i would assume mao zedong probably killed them uh so yeah no that knowledge is completely gone forever locked away uh so you know that's where we're at that's the implications you just we've lost probably hundreds and hundreds of years if not thousands if you take all of these collections that were burned we probably lost centuries and centuries of knowledge that we'll just never get back we, we'll never see those perspectives we'll never see those findings ever again and to me that's terrifying i'm sure a lot of people out there could care less but i feel like that's startling and that's truly terrifying yeah and it's i guess i don't know i'm pretty much a, a pretty much against book banning and burning almost on all fronts i think just because like i don't know it's just i definitely am i mean it's the same you know it's the thing with like freedom of speech you know if if you're gonna want freedom of speech which arguably probably a lot of people don't want anymore but Freedom of speech, I'm an advocate for it. So it's like if, if I'm going to say I want freedom of speech, then I want freedom of speech for every idea, even bad ideas and divisive ideas. Because, you know, what's that saying? Like if, if one fits the chicken, then something about an alligator. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> I don't know. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. I'm kind of pulling these things out of my ass. But it's like, you get what I'm saying. It's like, well, maybe you don't get what I'm saying because I made no sense. But it's the, it's the concept of like, okay, I want to be able to say whatever I want to say. Um, and if I'm going to impose that, you know, and, and fight for that, then anyone should be able to say what they want to say. And then the, the real thoughts will come out of the cracks, both good and bad. And so allow those ideas to come out because even if they're bad, then you'll be able to identify people that are divisive and thinking bad thoughts. So, and then you can kind of, you know, you can combat them, but if you don't let them speak their mind, then how are you going to know what they truly think? You know? Yeah. And it's, um, it's, I find like one dangerous thing is if you start, if you start down the road of, okay, but like, what if we should at least, you know, ban these type of books? We can all agree those are bad, right? Let's burn those books. Eventually, that'll just spread and spread and spread. So, like, you almost you have to do, like, all or nothing thing. It's, like, mm -hmm. it's all on the table. Um, and then, uh, like, a another thought with this is that you don't fight dangerous ideas by trying to silence them or burning them. You beat bad ideas with better ideas and... And understanding yeah. what those bad ideas are and what's the root of that spawning of the idea and you have if you to, don't understand you have to keep you have to keep these bad ideas around too so they don't come up again right yes like, oh i know what yes. you're saying we, we talked about that you know a decade ago um no it doesn't work because of this here's this writing that counters that but if you get rid of it it can it can come back <laughs> yeah not all the time it'll come back but there's a good chance that it will someone's gonna come come alive, you know, and say, oh, what's an idea that I could think that no one's had? Oh, this idea, and it, it might be awful. And then they start, you know, uh, broadcasting that idea. And it's like, okay, well, we've had this idea. You know, it's like what you said. If you can look back at history and say, well, we've had this idea. It was bad. This is how we fought it. It's just more ammunition. And I don't mean literally. I'm just talking figuratively. It's more ammunition for you to put in your back pocket and say, 
yeah, I understand that idea and I know why it's bad and I know why it's wrong and here's what I can do to fight it. But if, if, if every bad idea becomes a new novel idea, then like people are going to be so confused, you know, and they won't know the implications necessarily. So, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the history of book burning to my not to the extent that I would like to explain it. Cause anything past that I, I, I'd be <laughs> making stuff up, honestly. Um, uh, so Lee, I don't know if, if you have anything to add now is your opportunity. Well, nothing with that. I didn't know if we, are you planning on just briefly talking about where we're at now? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I want to tie this yeah. into today. So historical stuff. That's all I'm aware of. Um, I've not looked deeply into it. I just know that it's not looked at in a good light. <laughs> so let's not do it. <laughs> well, it, it's not. Well, I don't remember ever, ever reading like, and then the Nazis burned all of these bad books and thank God they did. Like, that's never been a thing. I've never heard anyone right. that w- was glad that it happened. <laughs> so. And Fahrenheit 451 was written as a sort of uh, dystopian thing. So it's like always presented in a bad light. But today, you know, I think it's a good segue into today. Uh, we are seeing a sort of modern book burning uh, digital version of it where uh, you got all these tech companies that are controlling the flow of data controlling what's being published and they're able to just put you know a skewer to it and and get and just not let people see things um you know i'm not defend i don't want to come off as defending the guy but like the biggest example in news right now is that facebook is literally and twitter are literally getting rid of any trump tweets that were out there they're getting rid of like any audio clip on facebook that had trump's voice in it from what i understand that's kind of like the headlines I'm seeing. Um, but for sure, they're getting rid of all of his tweets. They're trying to get rid of any historical tweet that he's had. They may have already done it. And the, and it's like, you know, okay, you don't agree with Trump and what he said, and you don't like those ideas, then don't read them. Or read them and understand what he's saying, and if you still don't agree, then come up with a better idea to combat what he's saying. But just getting rid of his ideas, that's so cowardly. And and it's dangerous because someone else is going to come up down the road with the same ideas he had that you don't agree with. And then they're going to start preaching about it. And rather than going back and being able to point to stuff Trump said, it's just going to be new things that people are hearing. And then it's going to ha- there's going to be another movement that people don't like that, that they're going to call racist and this and that. And um, if we don't have examples to point back to from the past, then to your point Lee like how are we supposed to fight it it's just a new it's just another novel idea that we've actually experienced in the past but it's novel to everyone else because all that rhetoric was deleted and so what you know everyone think what I'm trying to get at is everyone thinks it's a good solution I I mean not everyone but a lot of people today the sentiment seems to be okay a solution to these bad ideas is just silence the voice and and like that's (laughs) that's cowardly it's dangerous and it's just not smart because we'll see the ideas come through the cracks later on down the road and we're not going to have any any defense against it. Or we'll have to build new defenses rather than saying, you know, pointing to the primary source example that we've already witnessed, you know? Yeah, we can save ourselves a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah. We'll save yeah. ourselves a lot of headache in the future if we can just go back and reference um, said bad ideas. <laughs> And who said yeah, that? It's like, and what was and it's like people, it? if you don't if you don't like what he's saying, you have the choice to not read what he's saying. And then everyone's like, yeah, but uh, 
other people read it and they'll get those ideas. It's like, well, then but, again, but come see, up that's, with better ideas to argue with. I was going to say, that's, that's freedom. Like, that's what it is. People can say what they want. If you don't like it, don't listen. The people that do, listen. And if for some reason, let's say it's like an actual bad idea and majority of the population subscribes to it, it's not the the voice person's it's not their fault it's not gonna be, it's not gonna <laughs> it's, be hurt it's society it's society's fault it's the problem with society and not not thinking correctly that that leads to these things it's just people just being brainwashed essentially that's the that's right. the part and if we you know build a society that is not susceptible to you know i, I don't know bad arguments and um just a population that wants to understand things and find the truth will eliminate that issue completely on its own. But when you, when you start banning things, ban the people that say things you think, and again, that's assuming that they're saying something that's bad. That's your opinion, right? <laughs> so you can't always right, assume well, that what everything that Donald Trump was bad, like, like, that's your opinion from your point of view, but there's other people on the other side that think that what he's saying is right. And it's like, you need to, instead of fighting over who gets to say it, it does he get to speak or not. You have discussions about what he's saying and what that means. And is that right? Is that wrong? Like that's how civil discourse and combat is it with your function. own ideas and your own thoughts and your own words. That's how ideas grow and become better is discussion. And the way I'm seeing today is this whole cancel culture is a few facets that, that come to mind. First of all, cancel culture to me is the present day book burning. They're just canceling all these ideas, all these different channels, all these different outlets of thought because they don't like it. And the other facet that I would say is like I said, they don't like it. But honestly, it's really like the general population is being told what not to like. So it's the same thing as. And I hate using this reference because it's overused. But honestly, it's the same thing that like the Nazis did and Mao did where they're telling you what a good thought is, and then there it's a top-down approach, really, saying, Oh, uh, like for oh, Steven Crowder, like we don't like that, right, guys? We don't like that. And it's like, say it with me, we don't like his idea. Don't and then everyone's like, like Yeah, yeah, we we don't like it. We don't yeah. like it. Cancel him. And it's <laughs> yeah, oh. Wait, like, why don't you like him? Like, uh, <laughs> uh because uh, the politicians told me not to like it. And it's like the man on the box you guys, told me. Like, I hope I'm being clear here, guys. Like it's the same approach that was taken by dictators to say, we don't like this idea, get the population to have a consensus over it. That way it just makes it easier to cancel them. And yes, they're not physically burning these stations on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, but it is a, a sort of modern day. It's an easier, it's easier actually now oh, to yeah. just delete these ideas and, and figuratively burn them because... <laughs> You know, and maybe if people, maybe if we didn't have the internet and people saw like actual burning of the books, maybe they wouldn't be as down for it, you know? But the fact that it's so easy to just click a button that says delete and have the top down approach say, hey, he's an evil man. This person is speaking ill will against a certain group. It's like, it's so easy to get people on board, especially if you just pull one thing that they said out and then tell everyone he should not be heard or she should not be heard. Let's get rid of their channel. Everyone's hopping on board with it. And, it blows my mind because in so many facets of politics and, and and business and science, everyone is listening to politicians top down and they're just saying they are telling me that this is a bad idea. So therefore, it is a bad idea. And yes, I agree. We should get rid of that idea. It's like 
It should no, be it like, should be a huge red flag anytime anybody says basically you should or shouldn't listen to this person. It should just be a big red flag because like if we fix society like I was talking about, you wouldn't need to cancel people like it would naturally happen. They'd be like if like some channel starts spewing like actual like white supremacy talk, everybody will tune out like this like, oh. Yeah, and then okay. they'll, they won't they won't have any revenue, and they'll have to figure out something else to make money. Yeah, and then if they like, go to a maybe job, rethink their ideas. Know, <laughs> they'll either rethink their ideas, or they'll have to go get a job at like Walgreens or something. And chances are, if everyone came to their own conclusion that they didn't like that person, then they're going to apply for a job. Someone's going to see their name, and they're going to be like, "Oh, you think really radically? I don't want to hire you." Something along those lines. But for the government to say and politicians to say this person's got very bad ideas right guys uh cancel him then you're like synthetically (laughs) kicking ideas out and getting and snuffing people out whereas we're you know the population that got rid of that person or idea they don't even understand why they are against it in the first place it's super condescending too it basically when when people tell you who to cancel who to listen to or who not to they're basically saying you're too dumb to figure this out on your own so we're gonna tell you and then most people like okay yeah all right. Well, and it also goes back to my idea of like, you know, in, in AP lit class, like someone might hear that idea and they don't interpret it the same way. And they this sound, I don't know if this is going to come off right or not, but they might see, hear what someone's saying and not even see the negative of it. They might just it might lead them to see a different problem that's actually a problem. And they just interpret what that person's saying differently. And that's the thing is all of this is up to interpretation. If you actually think for yourself, like what people are saying is up to interpretation. So what's being said is a bad idea. Other people might not even hear it like that. They might be able to get something out of it that's good. And if you get rid of the idea altogether, then there's nothing to extrapolate from that, quote, bad idea that could possibly make the world better. You yeah, know? and here's like a, here's kind of like a, a simple example that I guess would be like somebody saying like, I am proud to be American. And from a certain point of view, it's like, yeah, America, patriotic. That's great. And then from the other point of view, it's like, oh my God, it means he hates every, everyone else in the yeah. world. Right. So it's like, yeah, like just two different interpretations of one guy saying one thing and like, you should never take idea. it. You should never take it at that value either. You have to consider all things like, and ask uh, questions. Yeah. What do you mean by this? You know, I'm patriotic because we have freedom and like we yeah. we can talk openly. You know, That's it's not idea. saying <laughs> I'm proud of America because we bombed the Middle East. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can you can be a patriot and still critique what we do. And it's like, in fact, the people, at least the way I'm seeing it, the people who are telling you all these ideas are bad. They're the same ones who are bombing other countries, who are murdering mass amounts of of innocent people. So why don't we look at them and critique what they're actually doing instead of saying, you know, and it it blows my mind. I I really, you know, I'm I'm not going to say I'm an old person. I'm not young either, but I've never witnessed a time in my life where everyone just goes along with the political consensus like they are today and they don't dig in to understand what they're saying. It's like, well, they said this, this website said it, uh, I didn't read the actual document, but I, I'm going to take what they said and roll with it because they sound good. It's like, well, maybe if you understood what the actual ideas that they're critiquing, there might be some good in there that you could take away from it. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself at this point, but that's, I just think we're at a point of digital book burning 
and it's it's a very top down approach. It's not a, it's not a natural thing that's happening. It's just it's, it's yeah. Google and Facebook and Twitter deleting and changing their algorithms, and that's not even that's not even a conspiracy. I mean, it's it's a proven oh, yes. fact that's happening. And if you look a step further, you'll notice that all those companies are working very, very closely with the government. So the idea that there's a narrative being pushed, it's not a conspiracy. It's not like the deep state sort of idea. That is a thing. And it's it's very manipulative. It's very controlling of the narrative. And they're getting people to hop on board with it and uh, and go after these like independent channels and cancel them. And they don't even know what they're going after. It's 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 insanity to me honestly i feel like everyone is just running around like a chicken with their head chopped off yeah and today like it i had alluded to kind of like nazi germany being able to convince you know the populace to kind of be on their side and do their job for them it's 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 like that again now where it's just people are willing to jump on the cancel train like just like that like they're all about it. And people are willing to search and hunt down people that they can cancel. Yeah. It's disturbing. <laughs> it is. To, dude, people make their they're, – they're just so bored and don't have any life to where they just try to – no, I agree. There's people literally out there looking for one tweet that's cancelable that, that will – that builds a case apparently to cancel the whole thought of that person or channel predicated on one thing they said. And I don't, and again, I'm of the belief that nothing should be canceled. So yeah, I'm a little worked up about this. Uh, I'm getting a little heated. It's, it's super frustrating to me because I mean, come on, you know, you got to let ideas flow. You got to think for yourself. You have to have discourse between ideas. And if you just go automatically, oh, that hurts my feelings. I'm canceling them. Then we're not going to grow as a society. And in fact, we're going to degrade back into caveman era and, uh, yeah, you this, know, this uh, whole concept of if you don't like it, don't read it, don't listen to it. What happened to that? <laughs> Where'd it go? I don't know. Everyone everyone has their own everyone's entitled to their own opinion, which is a good thing, but it's not good when it turns into like my opinion and my voice is louder than yours, so therefore get rid of the opposing idea. It's just it's awful. There's no there's no conversation being had. Yeah. It's a shame. Hey, maybe we can that, turn things around. Maybe our listeners can help us. Just, I don't know, just tune out what you don't like. and um, Or, it, so, yeah, I guess there's two options. One is tune out and ignore it. Or two, if you want to engage in discussion, good luck to you, but do that. Good luck, and honestly, go for it. I, I think you should go for it, you know? Even if it's uncomfortable. Just be patient, that's what life, That's what life is about, man. It's all about being uncomfortable. Like, you, you're not ever going to be comfortable. Even if you cancel all these ideas... You're going to be a depressed, miserable person anyway. So just just listen to what people have to say. Maybe they'll glean light that can help you out. And, you know, if, if these ideas just get canceled, like you're just going to be stuck in the state of, of miser- being miserable and not being able to hear another opinion that might help you. And, you know, I, you know, I think that's, you know, that's kind of what it is, you know. So allow other voices to be heard. And if you disagree with it, structure your own, own argument. You'll, you'll have a better argument for it. You'll be a better person for it. And, you know, that's that's where I stand. Yeah. And when you try and form your argument against it, you may find that you are wrong. It is possible. So you have yeah, to be, be man, and, man or woman enough to um, to admit 
that you may have gotten something wrong or you may not understand what you're talking about. But just have some damn don't get humility mad about it. and yeah, understand that your yeah, little world is not the only one out there. There's billions of people out there. It's pretty petty and honestly selfish to think, uh, my idea is right, get rid of theirs. It's it's disgusting. It's it's an awful side of human nature that's just too prevalent today. Yep. That's all, right. all I really had to say. That is Me, I don't know burning. if you have anything else to add. Uh, DYBpodcast at gmail.com for any stuff you want to talk about, comments, concerns, tell us we're crazy, tell us we're geniuses. Um, Stroke. Patreon.com slash do you believe might still exist. Robert Strong, if you're listening, you owe us money. Um, but yeah. that is. <laughs> and hey, he knows last, who he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know. If you're listening, you know. Shame. Shame. No, but um last thing I just want to say, I know it's cheesy, but honestly, guys and gals, if if there are books out there that you really think might be cancelable, um buy a physical copy. Go get it. Because even sure. buying something, you know, a digital copy on Kindle, who's to say they don't mm. alter the words, you know? I mm. mean, they probably have the, the source code to where they could just alter the actual words in there um, or they could just delete it from the market completely. So honestly, I, I really do urge people, go out there, buy physical copies of books that you think are gonna, could possibly be canceled. Um, get, you know, get paper, buy the paperback, buy the hardback, do something like that. And Start a collection of books and, and, and read, guys. You know, no book is untouchable at this point. No idea is untouchable at this point. They, they'll come after you. Like I said in the past, you know, or not, I mean, like I said about Mao Zedong, the Cultural Revolution, they prosecuted scientists. Well, okay, we're at a point where everybody is preaching science as a religion. Who's to say the narrative doesn't change and they start speaking out against science that you hold so near and dear to your heart? And then they start prosecuting those ideas. It's it's not out of the the reach of, of uh, possibilities. Buy up books that you think are important, that you think have good knowledge. Read through them. You know, understand them, and and just hold a physical copy of it because they could come for you. You know. Yep. No one's safe. Email us your books, dybpodcast at gmail .com. I'd love to know what. Yeah, what we'll you guys start the book club soon. <laughs> But yeah, yeah if, if not you, I'll start my own individual, my own little channel. It's been something I've been thinking of, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Peace.